0: Guys talking Calgary
1: sports Pinder and Steinberg are only on sportsnet 960. The fan brought to you by Glenmore Audi. Where'd all that offense come from all of a sudden with this Calgary flames team back to back six, two wins, 12 goals in two games on the road. So this has been one of the lowest scoring teams in the NHL all season long. For instance, prior to these last two wins in Vancouver and San Jose, Flames had won their last seven goal games by one goal. They had to grind out their last seven wins by one goal. And now all of a sudden they're blowing teams out with their eyes closed. Had to be nice if you're the Flames to play with a lead virtually all night, though, because that's exactly what we were talking about. They scored in the power play just over four minutes in, and then before the midway mark, they had themselves a lot of breathing room. And Kleiner, I know the Sharks clawed back and got within one, but even even at 3-2, and I know the Sharks came close to tying it. David Riddick had to make a couple of stops there, but I don't know. I just got the feeling that it was probably going to be a little bit too much for the Sharks to come all the way back and really seize that game, mainly because they didn't seem to be all that interested in defending all that much last night. Mm-hmm. There, were good, there were good chunks when they were like, yeah, well, I guess we have to take care of some of the stuff inside our own blue line, but I don't know if we're going to. You just... We're just gonna we're just gonna skate in circles here and do some figure eights and see what happens. Like th- there were there were long stretches in the first period where it looked as if that it was like hey you know what you guys just go do spaghetti out there do spaghetti and we'll see what happens and then when you get the puck try and score. That's really what it felt like. You could tell how uh, frustrated head coach Bob Bugner was at times with his own team. So, the sharks didn 't seem all that interested in defending at times last night, and that 's why I never really felt like this game was going to go in their direction. whereas the game they played in here one week ago that was a, a really detail oriented hard working game for San Jose, and you can see why they won that game last night uh, they didn 't seem to be uh, didn 't seem to be anywhere near as interested in taking care of those details so Clyder, the roller coaster ride continues. Have fun figuring out the Calgary Flames this season and have fun guessing what they're going to do down the stretch. But they come away with a second straight 6 2 victory last night, this time over the San Jose Sharks. So uh, they'll take that as they head into a day off in Southern California today.
0: Yeah, and it's the impressive part of it was the depth scoring that the Flames were able to get with Lucic. Uh, Tobias Reeder, who is just on a roll now, um, and Zach so Ronaldo. Lucic. Yeah. He did- five
1: points in his last two games.
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, we talked about Johnny Gaudreau and the need for him to to really get going. And still, and I've, I've liked him the last couple games, but it takes a lot of the pressure off those guys when you have Jankowski, Ronaldo, Reeder, and Lucic as your first four goal scorers of the night. So when you have that sort of support coming from your your depth forwards that was the big part of what made the flames so successful last year right was they were able to roll out all four lines and have some success offensively with all of them if they're able to do that again and i'm not saying Reader's going to get to 10 or anything like that but if you can do that at least some of the time it takes a lot of the pressure off of those top guys and makes this team maybe a bit more predictable i'm still not all in buying yet this is the calgary flames because Again, we've been fooled before, and that was the San Jose Sharks team that, when they did decide to defend last night, just took a penalty. Like that was that was essentially their mode of defense last night. Was well, you beat me, so trip. That that was basically what San Jose was doing last night. It, it was not an inspiring effort for the uh, the fans in San Jose yesterday evening.
1: Yeah, and again, like I I don't I I'm not i am not I'm not ready to sit here and say that anything I see from the Calgary Flames this year is all of a sudden going to be the norm. So uh, when this group was in their downstretch about a week ago and we were heading into this four game road trip talking about, okay, well, what's going on? They've lost three in a row and they get swept on a homestand and they don't look very good at any point on that homestand or for very, uh, very few games on that homestand. All right. That was one thing and now here they are they start this road trip with back to back 6-2 victories so a week ago or or 4 days ago i wasn't sitting here ready to say that wow this is what the flames are you might as well sell your season tickets and uh, it's it's time to give up on this group because they're obviously not going to make a push for it and uh, they're not going to miss the they're not going to make the playoffs uh, of course not because i've seen this team so up and down this year the same way i'm Well, I don't think they're going to start averaging six goals per game for the rest of the season as well. This has been one of the most difficult teams to wrap your head around this season. This has been one of the most frustrating teams to get a read on this year, and and I still don't have a read on them. So the best we can do is, I guess, take a look at them at a game-by-game basis and take a look at some trends. And the last couple of games, the Flames have been full marks for Fairly lopsided victories, and I don't think either of the last two games have really been close. And you can no. tell me all you want about how the other teams have played, and that's very fair. But, you know, the Flames have held up their end of the bargain in each of the last two games. They've yeah. come out with emotion, they've come out engaged, they've come out skating, they've come out ready to play. Uh, I don't know if the Sharks looked ready to play last night, but that's I know they did not. Um, the flames and the flames took full advantage of that right uh, by doing just that, scoring three goals in the first ten minutes of play so it's it 's right now less about the opposition and more just what you 're seeing from the flames, so at the very least after three games where for stretches they didn't look very engaged and didn't look very urgent the last two games on the road they've come out urgent they've come out with desperation and they have certainly done more than enough to win a couple of games lopsided or not but they're i i would say the last two they're absolutely full marks for a couple of big wins
0: well and we, we've seen this flames team lose games that they should have won before so regardless of what the opponent is putting out there, you really just have to focus on what the Flames are doing right now because it had got to the point where all you had to do was kind of work hard and you were beating this Flames team on some nights. So the fact that it didn't matter what the other team was doing and the Flames were able to treat a bad team like a bad team, I I think is a positive sign. But again, need to see more of it from this group moving forward. This is a nice step, but it's only a step. Again, we know they can do this. So just keep doing it. That's all we ask. Just again, just do this. Just be you and we'll be fine. Well, but is 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 this them? Is it and this is going to be a dumb way to respond to that. Is it not? Like is anyone I'm not expecting Ronaldo or Reeder or Lucic or Jankowski to get goals every night, but no one is out there doing anything extra special. They they're all just kind of playing the way they're supposed to play and they're getting results from it. It's I know that we haven't seen them do this consistently. Well, but every player here ask, is just playing the way that the they. The only
1: reason I ask that question is because why is that? Why is why is it when it's positive that's them, and when it's negative that's not them? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, that's I'm fair. not. I'm not, and I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be glass half empty or glass half full guy. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm asking questions. Is is that them? Like why is only the good stuff them? Right. Uh, that's 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 my question, and I'm not. I don't even know the answer to it because have fun trying to get answers from the Calgary Flames this year. But that that's that's a fair question. I think is mm-hmm. is last night them or is these last two games them? I'm I'm not convinced one way or the other because uh, I think you could make a compelling argument that what we saw in three games at home could very well be them. and depends how you look at it. I think yes. the truth is very much somewhere in between with this team, and that's why until this group starts to show us otherwise – I still believe we're talking about a team that is in the middle of the pack. And middle of the pack teams are teams that have wild swings of consistency, which is exactly what we've seen all year for the Flames. So that's the only reason I asked that question.
0: No, and it's a fair question to ask. Like We have seen a wide range of efforts and outcomes from the Calgary Flames this season. And really, every NHL team has that. We've talked about the Bruins losing to the Red Wings a couple times this year. And that's just absolutely wild to wrap your head around. Even the great teams have off nights. The thing that separates the good teams from the great teams and those great teams from the middle of the pack is the middle of the pack teams have those off nights more often than not. And the great teams only have them a couple days a month. Now, from a Flames perspective, you need to make these last couple days the norm because they are very capable of doing what they did for these last two games over a long stretch, I believe they're capable of it anyway. We just have to see it now.
1: And I and I, I just I'm not sure I'm until I see it, I'm not sure if they are capable of it. Okay. And it would it would be like I know they're capable of it here and there, but I also know they're capable of not playing very well. And Look, if they show it to me, I'll be the first one to say, look, it, they're capable of it. But mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I'm still very much in a wait-and-see mode with this group. But un- until,
0: and- until this last game, we hadn't even seen it back-to-back games for a couple months. So this is at least a step in the right direction. I'm not saying the Flames are back and watch out Pacific Division. I'm just saying we at least know they can string this together for a couple games in a row. Why not keep that rolling? But we have seen more often than not that it doesn't. I'm just saying that you now can see what this team is capable of if everything clicks the way it's supposed to,
1: yeah, and that would be the infuriating part for teams who cheer for oh sorry for fans who cheer for teams in the middle because I think that you go you go take a look at Toronto, you take a look at las Vegas you take i guess I'm not allowed to call them Las Vegas, you take a look at Vegas, you take a look at. <laughs> I don't know. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Nashville. I'm just taking them I'm pulling out a number of Florida. There's there's a handful of teams that would be in the NHL's middle this year. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest that the conversation that we're having about the Flames is pretty darn close to the conversations being had about those teams. In that yeah, like, geez, look what this team is capable of. Look yeah. how well they can play when they're on, and yet you don't see that on a regular basis. And so now the Flames entered this season with expectations and aspirations of being a group that isn't in the middle, that is above that middle group. Well, for them to be that in the final stretch of the season, yeah, games where they're controlling and games where they are the better group, those would absolutely need to be the norm. And mm-hmm. so am I convinced it's going to happen? No. Do I think it's capable of happening? Sure. But we got to see it. And I'd, I'd be very curious to see if we see that, even for the rest of this road trip, as they go into a back-to-back against LA and Anaheim on Wednesday and Thursday.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, realistically, the difference between good and great is consistency. And if you can put out great efforts on a consistent basis, you're going to be a, a great team. The Flames haven't done that this is a couple in a row, so we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, Vancouver would be having the same discussion. Four in a row look very lackluster against the Flames and absolutely blow the doors off of Nashville last night. Like, this is, this is what life in the middle ground is like, for sure.
1: Uh, on the text line at 960 960 I just responded to this text because it's awful, but Pat, don't wait for the evidence to have an opinion. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Grow a set. Um, (laughs) I just said, I believe the Flames are a middle of the pack team, and until they prove me otherwise, that's what my opinion is. They're a middle of the pack team. Yeah. Um, Don't... Hey, come up with a crazy opinion that has no fact behind it. Grow a set you know what that's that is a good point um that's that's exactly what I should do i should you know what I should say the flames are the worst or the best team in the n h l based on two games. That's the worst text of the totally. day You have absolutely won that crown congratulations uh this reads this year the flames are like a tax refund. You hope you get one, but you end up paying ah, wow. uh, this reads. When it got to 3-2, I thought to myself, oh my God, they're going to lose a game where Lucic Treater, and Ronaldo all scored. That's how unconfident I am in this group right now. But give them credit. They put away a bad team. We need to see them take three points in the next two games to make me a believer they can sustain this a little. Well, that's a bad take because you're waiting for evidence. How dare you (laughs) wait for evidence? Uh, That texter would hate you as well. Um, Good to see the fourth line finally producing the previous Block hole of offense is now helping take the pressure off the other lines. I don't know how Klein is going to deal with another good game from the Mark Jankowski line. Um, I don't, like, are you going to be okay? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll
0: manage. I'm I'm getting there. There's a, he had a goal group, and assist but, last. night. Yeah, and again, again, back-to-back games where he's looked good. This was another one where not many passengers for the the Calgary Flames, and that would include Mark Jankowski not being a passenger. I mean, he he's on a heater. He's rolling
1: uh good to see the i just read that one sorry uh one thing that has been very (laughs) consistent is the flames road play best record in the league since november 20th their last 16 road games they're 12 three and one they started their first 14 road games four nine and one since that point they're uh pretty solid on the road at 12 three and one it's funny because the home record has gone the other way while the road record like it's been a complete and utter inverse great at home to start Not so great of late, and then awful on the road to start, very good on the road of late. Again, another reason why this has been a straight-up roller coaster of a year. Um, Here's a trend for you, Patty. Lucic has been physically engaged the last two games. He has, uh, which is, hey, like, Remember, there is that stretch there, I want to say in December, where Lucic was for a good two or three weeks there. He was playing some really good hockey. Then he completely fell off the face of the earth virtually for the entire month of January into the start of this month. Last two games, though, he has been an absolute impact maker. And, and I think... I think that there, I know that Sharks fans and the San Jose Sharks are extremely upset at Milan Lucic today. I was reading an article today, was not expecting it, but uh, the Sharks are not happy with Lucic at all. But Lucic has been a difference maker, and not just because he's put up points, Kleiner, but he's been physical, he's gotten in fights, he's gotten under the skin of the other side. Like, Lucic has been a difference maker the last two games.
0: He has, and coming off of some of the criticism that he had out of the Edmonton game, it looks like he's, I don't know if he's taken that criticism to heart or if if this is just him getting back to it or whatever, but he's been very noticeable and he's doing exactly what you want Milan Lucic to do physically engaged, but also get to the front of the net and score goals in the tough areas and just be available when Michael Backlund's going to throw it in front of the net. He's done exactly what you want Milan Lucic to be doing. And that's, Uh, Another kind of, I I don't want to, symptoms the wrong word, but just another example of what the Flames need to be doing and why the last couple games have worked. It's just everyone doing the role that they're supposed to. Zach Ronaldo go out, bump into a bunch of things, be a wild man, look at that, he scores a goal. Mark Jankowski's line, just keep the puck in the offensive end. Don't screw it up and look at that, they got a goal. Just do what you're supposed to do and this is going to work out. This isn't rocket science. This is still a talented Flames team. Do your job, things will work.
1: Um, what else we got on the text line at nine six zero nine six zero? they talk about the back to back and fatigue and three games and four nights is even worse. Do we need to be concerned, uh, about three, this three games and four nights, plus the defense playing extra minutes on top of the fatigue, uh, that they're not used to. Fair question. Uh, You're right. You know, a lot of people talk about the second half of back-to-backs and whether or not there's fatigue in there, but there have been plenty of studies shown that the the real fatigue is where you play a back-to-back, and the second half of the back-to-back is also a third game in four nights. Now, the good news about this stretch which would also be four games in six nights on the road. The good news about this stretch is the fact that there's not a ton of travel. Like, San Jose to L.A. is a quick flight, and then it's a bus ride between L.A. and Anaheim. Like, you're not talking about a crazy amount of travel. You're not talking about, you know, late-night arrivals anywhere. So, at the very least, there is – there's that – But do I think it's a concern, especially because they're without Hamannick and Jordano? Yeah, I think absolutely that's something to, at the very least, be mindful of if you're watching this team over the next couple of days, because those those circumstances are still not ideal for this group.
0: Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And one of the issues that they have is a lot of times, if you have three games in four nights, you'd like to mix it in so that your extra players get a chance to play, but Sam Bennett had the flu, and I don't know if there's the trust in Yellison just yet to throw him back, or throw him into the lineup for the first time, so they don't really have a lot of guys that can spell at least a couple of the tired players to give them those fresh legs. I would imagine, and maybe Bennett comes back, I I don't, don't, we're not going to get an update on him today with the team not practicing, but if he's not ready to go, then you don't really get that boost of some fresh legs coming back in the lineup. So it could be could be a bit of a tough stretch. But like you said, that the travel isn't that bad, and quite frankly, the teams they're playing aren't that good. So, but we've seen them lose to them before. But
1: no, I yeah, it, it's two against the Kings already this season.
0: Yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. I'm not going to use it as a, a massive issue for the the flames, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on.
1: No, and I don't think that you would come away from it saying that it would be an excuse. But uh, all teams have to deal with these things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do I think it could be a factor? Sure, I think yeah. it could be a factor. Do I think it will be? We'll uh, uh, make sure we'll make sure to keep our eye on that. I'll oh, have uh, a take on it. Quit
0: babying out on that.
1: Jeez. I know it's so crazy. <laughs> how how could I how could I. <laughs> Waiting for
0: evidence that. and facts, you coward!
1: Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, Pat Skip Bayless up in here. It's good. You know what? Uh, Skip Bayless has millions of followers. I mean, oh, he and he's, he's of- making
0: twice of what we make combined. Like, yeah, he's doing all right.
1: I think he's probably making more than twice of what you yeah. and I make combined. That's fair. Fine, I I don't think he's making. Uh, sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe Bayless is making like seven million dollars a year at Fox Sports. I think that's a little bit more than twice what you and I make combined. <laughs> um, hey, and if if I had the uh, ability to be Skip Bayless, I would attempt to be Skip Bayless, but I am not. Uh, Pat, what are you hoping Klein brings you back from Japan? Um, I would like uh, I would like an entire plate of ahi tuna please Mm, yeah that'll Uh, travel really well that'll be easy tuna tuna sashimi Uh, and if you could pre-mix the wasabi and the soy sauce which apparently is not what you're supposed to do traditionally at all so apparently when you're in japan and eating sushi that is not what you're supposed to do but i still do it anyway uh what else we got at 960960 patty give me three to one and i say one of the teams you called middle wins the cup fair enough Hmm. Probably three to one odds would be a fair enough. I'm not going to give you those odds because I'm not a bookmaker, but um, if you could find those odds somewhere, why not? Uh, what else we got at 960960? Love when Pat throws the shade. Call it his last four digits. Give it to him. I mean, I don't need to call it his last four digits. Uh, 4302 or his last four digits. Um, and the first three. No, no. no. <laughs> I won't go that far. <laughs> if I think about it for a few weeks, I bet I could win worst text of the day. Yeah, you probably could. It's not that hard to win worst text. Of the
0: day, oh, it's be, don't it's be saying be tough that.
1: Tough to top it today.
0: It's there are a lot to of today. bad texts that come in on a daily basis. It yeah, is extremely hard to win that.
1: Uh, Pat, I need your definitive opinion on whether you're whether or not you're an idiot. That signed from <laughs> Tom. It's actually from Luke, but that's uh, from Tom, the overtime caller. Um, I think Tom's got his definitive opinion. He was not mincing words when he called me an idiot uh pat i love the fact the dude with the bad text is currently fuming because you ripped him on air love it haha um he actually is he texted back in he did text back in and he is angry um what else we got here um pat what are the odds for the game tonight signed jordan the web guy um pat equals gutless and odds of kachuk being named captain in the offseason i'm still not ready to give odds on that i don't think i don't think he'll be the captain by the beginning of next season. No, I don't think so either. I think uh, at how some many, point. But. How many weeks off does Boomer get off in Lou working tonight? Uh well he's working today too. He's a, he's doing a remote and then he's working tonight and he worked this morning. I feel like there's probably an entire 3 weeks, maybe a month off in Lou that Boomer. The, the, yeah. Those morning show contracts are pretty good, right? So No, I wouldn't know. You were on a morning <laughs> show contract. You, you yeah, should know. I still am, yeah.
0: Um, he's also working a bit too hard because some of these um, remotes that we got today, like, yeah, I don't know if I need a minute 59. I'm just going to put that out there. He's, he's, he is working extra on the extra thing that he's working on today. So just, you know, cool it a little bit.
1: Uh, has Randy weighed in on Pat's take yet? No, uh, mm-hmm. we haven't heard from Randy since his wonderful call. He uh, he remains he remains a little bit in absentia since he, he made that call. And why? I mean, when you drop the mic like that, why would you ever need to call again? That's a fair question. I mean, that was such a iconic moment. There's really no reason for him to ever call again. So I don't know if we we'll, we ever will hear from Rand. Would you ever call again if you were able to drop the mic quite like he did a number of years ago?
0: Oh, not a chance. No, you, George Costanza, leave on a high note. That like There's no way. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you What are you talking that with? <sighs>
1: That's the best phone call in overtime we've ever had. Uh, We're underway on Pinder and Steinberg. Happy Tuesday. Flames coming off a 6-3 victory. They're into Los Angeles tomorrow to see if they can make it three consecutive wins. Tune in every morning, 6.45 a.m. for Full Disclosure with Will Nolth. It's brought to you by BMW Motorworks, the only independent shop that works exclusively on BMWs and will beat any competitor's quotes on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast, or Google Works. Calgary. Well, it's gut check time in Edmonton. Fighting for their playoff lives, they got the one piece of news everyone in that city was dreading. That's next. Pender and Steinberg underway. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
2: Pender and Steinberg continues.
1: Brought to you by Glenmore Audi on Sportsnet 960,
0: The Fan.
2: Connor has a quad injury. Um, He's going to be out two to three weeks, we're hoping uh, less than that. Talk to Connor. Connor has decided, since we're going on the road trip to uh, Florida tomorrow, Conor decided to go back to Toronto. He's got uh, his team of people there and his facilities. He's gonna uh, do his treatment there while we're on the road trip and expect to see Connor back here uh, when we get back next, uh, next Monday. It's, it's a left leg, uh, totally unrelated to the injury that he had this summer.
1: Piece of news. Oilers fans were hoping they would not hear at any point this season. Oilers general manager Ken Holland about an hour ago. Now, it could be worse. Could be really bad. Two to three weeks in terms of NHL injuries is is fairly minor. That's the spirit. But I'm trying trying to be fair. I'm trying to paint both sides of the story here. I'm trying to fake my way to being a journalist, which I am not. Um, A Connor McDavid injury will keep their best player out for a somewhat lengthy period of time. That was a headline Oilers fans at no point wanted to hear this year. Now, I will say that I would be more worried about this in prior years than I am this year. I'm not saying that this is a good thing, because... The Oilers are absolutely carried by the two NHL leading scorers, but with the true emergence of Leon Dreisaitl this year and with Dreisaitl becoming in his own right a number one center and driving a line as a center, I believe the Oilers are more equipped now to deal with the loss of Connor McDavid for a short period of time than they have been in other years because they have another quote unquote number one center. Like you could make the argument that Leon Draisaitl would be a number one center on a number of other teams, not maybe every other NHL team in this league, but a number a of lot NHL of them. teams a lot of them he's the NHL's leading scorer so it's a much better scenario than say a year ago or even at the beginning of the season had they lost Connor McDavid but at the same time here's an Oilers team fighting for their playoff lives in a three-way tie with points for number two in the Pacific Division but also not that far from falling out of a playoff spot Uh, can the Oilers survive I think they're in a better spot to do so and it's only a short period of time. So I do believe the Oilers have the capability of surviving this. But it's going to be a very interesting test over the next two to three weeks without number 97.
0: Yeah, it is. And it, I suppose it depends on how you look at it. Because from the, the center position, they're fine, right? Like, you, most teams would be very okay to have players the quality of Seidel and Nugent Hopkins to, to be filling in. I, I think you would be okay with that. But... As we've talked about before, this was a team that was looking for another top six forward anyway. And now you take off the tippity top of their top six and it becomes a a bit of an issue there. So from the center position, they're fine. But from just an overall talent standpoint, this is a massive loss. And we've seen what injuries have done to the Arizona Coyotes, um, having them be very comfortably in a spot to now battling for a, a playoff spot. The West and the Pacific Division is very tight right now, and you can't necessarily afford two to three bad weeks, especially with the trade deadline 13 days away. So it's it's a bad injury at a bad time for the Oilers. It could be a lot worse, and they have some players who can step up, but this is this is still going to be a test for them.
1: It's, without question, is it going to be a test? I just don't think it's an automatic death knell for the group I just don't I, I don't think it's automatically well McDavid's out night night close the curtains and that's it for the Edmonton Oilers we'll see you next year I'm not I'm not quite there because I think that there have been teams that have been able Now, granted deep teams and well coached teams and I'm not saying the Oilers aren't well coached because I do believe they are well coached but you know Look at the amount of injuries Columbus has had to play with. Look what they did last night without, like, half of their ideal roster. And that's not even an exaggeration. Almost half of their ideal roster was out last night in Columbus. And they played one of the best teams in the NHL to an overtime an overtime finish that Tampa eventually took 2-1. Like, it's not crazy to say that teams can deal with injuries, especially over a short period of time. And and I know that everybody points to what happened in Pittsburgh and what Mm -hmm. the Penguins did without Sidney Crosby. There's another example. So it is possible but it also is gut check time if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Now is a time where if if you're Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and he's been very good of late, okay, I need to find more. And Leon, I don't know how, like what more is Leon Drysaddle going to find? I don't know. He leads the NHL in scoring, but he's got to find more. And this is, this is going to be a very interesting next little stretch in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, it is. And again, the Oilers are right in the thick of everything. And it's not just players that need to find more. It's now players that are going to have to do a lot individually when they didn't necessarily. Like uh, All due respect to uh, Zach Cassian or or James Neal in the seasons they've had, but a lot of that has had to do with the play of Connor McDavid. So it's not just a couple players need to step up their own individual play. They have to find a way now to elevate those around them the same way that Connor McDavid was able to do. And that is not an easy thing to do with how well Connor McDavid has been playing this season.
1: A couple of texts at 960960. Oilers will be fine. Dry saddle can play 45 minutes a game, right? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that one got
0: me. That was good. Uh,
1: wow, Pat. Way to downplay this disastrous situation for oil country, you homer. <laughs> it's well played. <laughs> um, after what the Oilers did this summer with the knee, as someone in media, do you believe a word that is coming out of Ken Holland's mouth? Fair point. Uh, and I had I... not thought about that until that text came in. But then you're like, yeah, you know, they they did just pull like the biggest injury subterfuge in NHL history over the summer. They're like uh, that, that was that was CIA level stuff that they did. God, so, what a word you just used too, man. Pinder was impressed by it too. Uh, Kirsch won't like. Uh, what does that word even mean? Uh, we don't <laughs> use words that people don't know. Uh, why are you talking about submarines? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they 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 did do some pretty good misdirection over the over the summertime. So I mean, it's not a completely unfair attack to say that. Well. I mean, how honest are they being when it comes to McDavid's injury status?
0: Yeah, uh, there are. I mean, it's certainly a little lax in the NHL. This is a sport that's come up with upper and lower body injury as just diagnoses that we're just fine with. Um, so it's a little different. But in the off that there's no real competitive advantage to saying, oh, yeah, Connor's fine. In the, the regular season, you are kind of throwing people off the scent a little bit. There could be something there, but yeah. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily believe a whole lot that I hear from most teams when it comes to to injuries. It's just, Especially at okay.
1: this time of year.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I'll just, I'll wait to see. Right? Like, in the playoffs, oh, this guy is day-to-day, whatever. Well, it turns out uh, he lost a lung. It's, well, you can't believe anything these guys tell No,
1: me. he only punctured a lung and right. played through it. <laughs> Patrice Bergeron. That's still
0: insane. I don't know if we talk yeah. about that enough.
1: You know, he had his heart removed. <laughs> yeah. So, so still somehow was able to play through it. I don't know how no one uh, noticed
0: he didn't have a left leg for the last two you rounds. Idiot, that was you so can't weird.
1: play without a heart. You need your heart to live, you
0: idiot. Noah Flames have been playing without a heart all season.
1: Oh! Uh, is the McDavid injury the penultimate injury of the season? Yep, there's another word that Kirsch hates. Uh, yeah, don't say it. What does that even mean? Just say second last. Just okay? a plethora okay, of injuries so far this year. I also hate when people call it the white stuff instead of snow. Like, who, who talks? Don't call it the third stanza. Call it the third period <laughs> Kurt- Boy, stop we've giving just- away my behind-the-scenes seek behind the, ce- behind the scenes secrets, damn it. Uh, What else we got here at 960960? We really
0: triggered something with that one. You just started going. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And another uh, this thing, is good, this is a this is a good one. I find it weird McDavid's going to Toronto instead of dealing with Oilers doctors. Makes me think there is more to this story. Also, I don't hmm. believe that's Alex Jones texting in. I, I do think that that is uh, one of our regular texters. I, I don't think he was sounding like this when he was texting it in. Uh, but I don't, that's not a crazy again to have to have like cartoon question marks over your head when thinking about the McDavid thing. So. We know that they were very sneaky over the summer. they very, very sneaky. You underestimate the sneakiness. And then McDavid comes back, miraculous recovery, so on and so forth. And then today, Holland tells us what he said, unsolicited. He's like, it is not related to the injury over the summer. But he's going to Toronto to deal with his own specialists." Again, there could be no misdirection here at all. And it could be straight up 100% the truth they're giving us on the on the surface. Yeah. But I do understand why there's some, huh. Mm-hmm. What exactly is going on here? Also, and not to... Infowars.com.
0: Yeah, man, I was not expecting two Alex Jones references today. Um, it's
1: right from the Howard Stern show. The, oh, okay. Their, their fake Alex Jones might be my favorite character
2: going right now.
0: <laughs> um, anyway, a big part of it, too, is... I don't particularly care. Like, it's whenever Connor McDavid comes back, he, he comes back. We, we know that these people are, are superhuman sometimes when it comes to injuries. So, timelines can be a little oversold sometimes, and sometimes they can be oversold, like, it, 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 or whatever. Like, injuries happen. The human body is a weird thing. Whenever he comes back, he comes back. I don't care if they're misinforming us or whatever.
1: So, you don't, do you care if they're misinforming us? I don't care, no uh what else james neal played with a torn motivator all season (laughs) last season (laughs) um totally makes sense that holland would say what he said coming up to the trade deadline so he doesn't look desperate if he is looking to add it's you know and i don't think i don't think it's all that different than kind of the I'm not trying to sit here and and say that it's wrong or bad or anything, but did we get full information on Mark Giordano a week ago when the Flames came out and updated the situation? Like, we don't know exactly what the injury is, just that it's a hamstring. We don't have any definitive timeline, only that they might have more for us later this week. Like, I I don't really think it's all that different. Unless a guy is going to be done for the season and there's no doubt about it, then... I guess in this day and age where there's no mandate from the NHL that you have to fully disclose what's going on with injuries, yeah, you're probably going to have some games played. It's the game within the game, yeah. and especially at this time of year. Now, I don't know for how much longer that's going to be tolerated. I really don't because I think that there absolutely is going to be an influence from professional gambling – that is going to impact all North American pro sports, like the NFL is already there, the NFL, the biggest league on the planet, or at least the biggest league in North America, they fully disclose their injuries. And mm-hmm. they, they are mandated to fully disclose their injuries, and that's because of fantasy football, and that's because of gambling. And when you have got millions and billions of dollars um, in on the line then the, the league's going to take notice of that and with gambling now illegal south of the border and and gradually becoming more and more mainstream as you were talking about was it yesterday we were talking about the xfl and the live betting lines on their broadcasts. because that stuff becomes more and more mainstream i think professional sports leagues are going to have no choice but to mandate that injuries are fully disclosed so that there is accuracy in in some of what is being handicapped but as of right now that's a completely different conversation unless you think i'm off base there
0: no i i don't think that there will be as much outcry for these sorts of timelines i think it'll be more well is he going to play tonight or is he not going to play tonight i think it'll be more game time decision type ones than two to three weeks or three to four weeks or something like that like you can't Unless you find a way to bet on the Oilers, how they're going to do over the next no, two but to three weeks. I think weeks. you
1: might need to know exactly what the injury is as opposed to... Okay, that's fair. Yeah, totally. Body, yeah. Upper body and, you know, well, we're not going to tell you what it is. But. I mean,
0: we're a couple years removed from the Blackhawks, basically circumventing the salary cap with an injury. Oh, All of a sudden, night one of the playoffs, the guy's fine. I don't know what happened. It just miraculously, yep. look at that.
1: Yep. Also, we do have actual uh information on seth jones eight to ten weeks ankle surgery so he he ain't coming back anytime soon in columbus which means the blue jackets will just keep on winning apparently all you need is elvis merzlikens and uh you win hockey games in columbus and i do have to ask you i was a little shocked at the price that the pittsburgh penguins paid for jason zucker last night now i'm not saying that zucker's not a good player in fact i think zucker will be a nice fit in pittsburgh that was a pretty significant price they paid, and uh, a pretty nice prospect defenseman in Kalen Addison and a first round pick. They also, of course, threw Alex Golchenyuk in that deal. But compared to what the rumored price was for Zucker a year ago, which was Frohlich in a first, when you throw in a pretty good prospect on top of that, because I think you could probably say Golchenyuk at a first is comparable to Frohlich at a first. You throw in a prospect on top of that, that's a thats a significant step forward when it comes to the price for Jason Zucker.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought last night. It was, I mean, however that deal fell apart, worked out for the Minnesota Wild, because that was a lot to get for Jason Zucker, but it's very much... What,
1: and it didn't fall apart on their end either.
0: Mm-hmm. No, exactly. So it it kind of worked out very well for, for Minnesota in the end. Um, Galchenyuk, 25 years old, now going to be on his fourth team, is maybe a bit of a red flag, but... I mean for the Pittsburgh Penguins this is a very Pittsburgh Penguins type move. You you have two generational talents on the same team. You kind of want to maximize that as much as you can, so you really care not for prospects. Uh, it I see what the Penguins are doing, but man that was a I think maybe a bit too steep of a price to to pay for uh for Jason Zucker.
1: And as Pinder pointed out off the air, a year less of Zucker as well in terms of what's remaining on yeah. his contract. So, yeah, that's a fair look, point. Look, I mean, if you're the Penguins, I think you have no problem doing this. You don't have Jake Gensel back until probably the playoffs. And, you know, you can take advantage of his LTIR money by going out and bringing in a guy like Zucker. And if you're Jim Rutherford, you have one mandate right now in Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin still pretty close to their peak and their best. There's one mandate, win another Stanley Cup and cement yourself as an NHL borderline dynasty because with back-to-back Stanley Cups in recent memory, if they were to be able to win another one here in the next year or two, that would kind of put you in that... when your window's open, you go for it. And, you know, we debate whether or not Calgary's window is open and what they can do in their window. A little bit different in Pittsburgh. That window's open to win Stanley Cups right now yeah. when you've got Crosby and Malkin. So that's not, I, and again, I it's what not, Rutherford's doing.
0: It's not a window to compete, it's a window to win the Stanley Cup. This isn't, oh, yeah. if we get to the second round, cool. It's no. Lift the shiny silver thing at the end of the season, or bust. how many?
1: How many teams are actually in that window? There are very few of them that you Ooh. can sit here and say there's no doubt that team is in an actual Stanley Cup window, and Pittsburgh is one of the few that is undoubtedly there. I think St. Louis, Washington would be two other teams that you could say yes, those teams are in Stanley Cup windows. Boston probably as well after getting to a Cup final, and and you know like so. So mm-hmm. there's only a handful of teams that you can definitively be on a shot of a doubt say yes that group is in a stanley cup winning window you can maybe make arguments for others like well what about colorado okay but colorado's won one playoff round until like we we need to see them actually be in that conversation san jose was one of those teams I believe that window has closed. There's a hot take of the day for our <laughs> texter earlier. Um, yeah, I think San Jose's window has closed. So there's there's very few teams that are in that window to be definitively competing for a Stanley Cup. No questions asked.
0: Yeah, there, there's only a couple, and when you are in that window, you do everything you can to try to win a Stanley Cup. You don't go in thinking.
1: Can you use your uh, Can you use your famous saying? Because I like it here.
0: Oh, banners fly forever, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, like I mean. You're not going to have Sidney Crosby and worry, well, you know, a couple years after he retires, it might be a little rough, but, ah, oh, darn, we only made it to the second round. No! Don't draft in the first round for, like, a decade. Who cares? You have two of the best players in the league. Go for it. And I, I have no problem with what the Pittsburgh Penguins are doing.
1: I'm with you. Spender and Steinberg on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: Time to turn up the heat.
1: These are three burning questions on the Steinberg Show. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Peter Klein, what do we got today?
0: All right, question number one. Uh, back-to-back good performances from the Calgary Flames. How many more of those are you going, uh, are you going to need to see to be sold that last wow. year's team could be back? I,
1: I don't have a number. All I know is that... And I I don't need to see 6-2 wins. Just give me a consistently urgent and engaged brand of hockey between now and the trade deadline. And if that is what we see and there is a standard that they are generally playing close to... Between now and the deadline, or now in the beginning of March, or something like that, then yeah, I'll start to be convinced that, you know, and it won't even be last year's team because this team's different than last year's team. They they play differently than last year's team, and I think the coaching staff wants them to be different than last year's team. So it's, it's less about that and more about can this team be an actual threat come the postseason that I would be looking for. So between what they got 25 games left to go this year. So I would say that mm, far more than that, like give give me like four or five more off nights between now and the end of the year. That doesn't mean they win 20 or 21 of the next 25. But even in games where they lose or only pick up a single point, come away saying that, yeah, well, you know what? They got beaten by a team that played pretty well and they played pretty well. That's that's kind of the play to a standard and have very few off nights and don't lose because of off nights routinely. That's what I'll be looking yeah. for.
0: I mean, if they go 21 and 4 though, I will also pretty well buy in on that. Uh, <laughs> next one,
1: You the- know what though? And just before you go, I'm not bought in on anything until they do it in the playoffs. That and, and, okay, and yeah. I know like I know that that's like, well, give them more credit this team has a, a demon to exercise or demons to exercise when it comes to the postseason. So regardless of what happens between now and the end of the regular season, I still got to see it come the playoffs.
0: Question number two. One of the best stories in the NHL has been the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Seth, jo- uh, Seth Jones is going to be out eight to ten weeks. Are the Blue Jackets done?
1: Nope. Nope, they're not. And everything that I have seen from this group would suggest that they are anything but done. All they have done is fly in the face of conventional wisdom. Here are the reasons why they're not done. They are deep in net and they have got good goaltending and they are extremely well coached by one of the best coaches of this era. So no, they're not done. I don't believe they're done by any stretch of the imagination. And
0: question number three. Uh, today is day one of CFL free agency. Uh, the Stampeders have been busy, but they've also lost a couple players. Don Jackson and Juwan Breskison are out. A uh, number of players have been brought in by the Stampeders. Overall, thumbs up or thumbs down for the Stampeders on day one?
1: Justin free agency? Yes. Thumbs up. Okay. Richard Leonard's a heck of a, like, if you're going to lose an elite DB and then bring in Richard Leonard, I, I think that you're okay. That's That's got to be the biggest splash the Stamps have made on day one of free agency in a long time. Richard Leonard is an elite DB, and, you know, he was he was part of a very good Cats backfield last year, and I think that he'll jump into uh, a very well-coached Stampeders defensive backfield very well. So I would say thumbs up the players that they have lost. I believe are replaceable Don Jackson was not even a regular in the 42 man roster last or on the 42 on the man roster last year. Jawan breskinson has got a ton of talent, but Herji Mayala and, and some of the other Canadian receivers that have worked their way through have made him, I don't want to say redundant, but have made him expendable and allowed the Stampeders to let him, to let him walk. So I would say absolutely thumbs up for the Stamps and on day one of free agency.
0: All right. Three for three today. Good work.
1: Boom. You don't think the Blue Jackets are done? I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure with your response if you were uh, on board with that opinion or not. I'm glad I was. Yeah, I no, you nailed it. three yesterday.
0: Yeah, well, Thank I you, mean, Glenn. you got you got to bounce back. But again, I'm going to need to see more of a consistent effort I'm moving forward him. before I buy into
1: this. There's no one more inconsistent than me, Clyde. <laughs> There's no one more inconsistent than me. Uh, that'll do it for hour one of the program. Pinder joins in on Pinder and Steinberg next. Stop trying to guess who the Calgary Flames are you'll probably get it wrong. Before we wrap things up, let's take a look back on last night, Flames and Sharks in San Jose. It's time for our Game in a Minute.
2: Game in a Minute, brought to you by Hyatt Infinity. Save up to $15,000 on a cash purchase of the 2019 QX80 or finance starting at .99%. Save up to $12,000 on a cash purchase of the 2019 Q60. Well, welcome back to the South Pointer to broadcast booth high above the ice here at SAP Center in San Jose, California. Tonight, the Flames will start a three-game trip through the Golden State by renewing their Pacific Division rivalry with the Sharks. Down low, Schmidt clears the line on out, Anderson, near side to back, but in front, Lucic scores! Milan Lucic scores a power play goal, it's 1-0 Flames. Jankowski shoots and rips it just wide, now Reader scores! Tobias Reeder puts the puck over a down and out Arendell. Now Anderson a drive stop. Now good shot. And Dallas save. Now Ronaldo scores. Zach Ronaldo puts the puck past Arundel It's three nothing Flames. Flames two one one. Lucic in. Lucic to Jankowski. He scores. Mark Jankowski bats it by Arundel. It is four to two Flames and Hannafin, shot, turns into a pass, Kachuk, between his legs, scores! Another highlight reel goal by Matthew Kachak, and it is five to two, Flames. Top of the near circle, Anderson, a shot stop, rebound, Majapani, to Backland, he scores! And the Flames have a six to two lead. And the final few seconds will come off the clock here at SAP Center in San Jose, and after starting this four-game road trip with a 6-2 victory over the Canucks in Vancouver on Saturday, the Flames win 6-2 for a second straight game, that's the final score as they defeat the Sharks here at SAP Center in San Jose.